Hey listeners, this is Crystal. We have a packed episode and we have missed you guys so much. Um, First, we're going to talk about our celebrity tea and it is juicy. We're going to touch on the Chrisleys and all of their drama and what prison might mean to Todd. Then we're going to talk about the Balenciaga saga along with Brittany Griner coming back to the U.S. Praise be. We're also going to discuss what our plans for the holidays are and the rest of the year. Then we're going to talk about a little bit of our teenagers and what it means to be a teenager today compared to when we were teenagers and how difficult it is to live with 17-year-olds. See you guys in just a few. Hey, Gwen. Hey, Crystal. Hey, listeners. Oh, we have a packed episode this week and our hot topics, or like we like to call them, celebrity tea (laughs) is going to be juicy. So we have so much to talk about. Um, I say we just get started and just jump right into let's let's talk about it. Um, Let's do it. So... Of course, we all know that the Chrisleys have had their legal issues and things going on, and that's just been, like, all over the social media for the past, what, several weeks, months, however long it's been. Right. And so um, they have received their, um, you know, they've been found guilty on their federal charges of bank fraud and tax evasion, um, submitting Ugh. false documents Yikes. to banks. Um, taking out loans, um, (laughs) to kind of just fund their, you know, excessively lavish lifestyle. Um, the whole house of cards has come down. Mm. And so, um, I think that they were given, if I'm not mistaken, I believe a combined 19 years in prison. Um, Todd, I think got more than Julie. I think Todd Mm -hmm. got like 12, Julie got seven, so, um, yeah, I, what do you, what are your thoughts? Like, it's a lot going on with them. It is a lot going on with them. And I listened to Savannah's podcast, you know, mm-hmm. and my heart really breaks for her because she is very close with her parents. Right. And the whole Chrisley family, especially, you know, with his mom and all of them being on this national platform in front of everyone. It is embarrassing, but it also shines a light on where we are as a society that we always have to have more and more and more, and we have to keep up with this facade. Mm -hmm. I remember when I started first watching the Chrisleys, there was an episode. They asked Todd how much he spent in a year. (laughs) on clothes and shoes and he said almost a million dollars which is insane because there are only 365 days in a year Mm -hmm. what do you need a million dollars worth of clothes and shoes and so (laughs) yeah so I started doing a little research on them trying to figure out what it what are they doing that I'm not doing (laughs) yeah what's really going on (laughs) yeah and so it was all oh he's in retail and I'm like uh, not retail uh real estate like commercial real estate and I was like oh okay but eventually like my granny used to say what is done in the dark will come out in the light every time and I just really hate that they are still pushing this narrative that they're not guilty yes and the truth shall prevail yes I, <laughs> type of attitude you know and I just I don't know I don't really like that yeah I have to agree um like you're saying you know that they're pushing the narrative still that they're innocent which you know of course we're not in it we don't know all of the details of what's going on but obviously there's evidence that was found that shows otherwise um otherwise they wouldn't be you know in the situation that they're in right now. And to me, um, I think it's, you know, kind of, um, to me, it's kind of embarrassing that they still tried to not only push forward that narrative, but they also try to use religion to back that up. And so to me, I'm like, you know, 
I'm, I 100% believe that they're Christians. I do believe that. I do think that you shouldn't use your religion to try to back up something that you know that you've done. Just admit it. Move on. It's out there for everyone to see. Um, obviously, there's evidence that's proving that you are somewhat guilty, at least of some of these things. Um, I'm going to throw in allegedly so we don't get sued or anything <laughs> like that. But right. um, I just feel like, you know, like you said, keeping up with the Joneses, like that's that was their whole thing. And you could tell like the further their show went on, that was really what the narrative is. We need a bigger house. We need more cars. We need a newer Mercedes. We need more Botox. We need more plastic surgery. And, you know, I don't know that I ever really saw what they actually did during their show. So if it's a reality show, we're not really seeing your reality. And now, like you said, what was done in the dark has come to light. Um, allegedly, one of the people that told and got the whole ball rolling was, you know, supposedly an ex-lover of Todd's. That was not Julie, his wife. It was a guy. Oh, um, and so, you know, that's how the beginnings of all this supposedly came about mm -hmm. and I just find it interesting that um the only person in the whole situation I feel like that is starting to somewhat own the truth is Savannah I've listened to her podcast I feel like she is pulling back the curtain a little bit more um mm -hmm. on what was really going on behind the scenes as far as where she's concerned and so I do applaud her for that um I really applaud her for also, you know, she's going to be taking on the responsibility of Chloe and Grayson. Yeah. Which is a lot. I mean, yes, Savannah's an adult, but mm -hmm. taking on essentially two kids, a teenager and, you know, a elementary age child, yeah. that's a lot of responsibility to just be jumping into the middle of, um, out of the blue kind of. I mean, I'm sure she's kind of been somewhat preparing for that, knowing what was at stake with their legal situation. Right. Right. But still, that's a big transition for somebody who, what if she's in her 20s? Yeah, to just I think jump she's into in that. her mid-20s. But yeah, it, it it is going to be very difficult for mm -hmm. her, you know. But she's, I think, out of all of the Chrisleys, I feel like, you know, Savannah has her head on pretty straight. Mm -hmm. Um I like Lindsay too, so mm -hmm. I th I think she would do a good job, and I really do think that Chase and Lindsay will definitely help her. So I don't feel like she'll be doing it completely on her own, right? I don't um, either, especially with Grayson, you know, because I'm a firm believer women can't teach boys how to be men. <laughs> so having Chase around, I think will will help. Definitely. Um, I don't know if she has any contact with. Um, that one guy she was engaged to, the hockey um, player? No, so I was listening to her podcast the other day as well, and she was kind of talking about their relationship, mm -hmm. and they have, like, no contact. Okay. Um, Nick. Nick. That's and right. And so that's right. she was just mentioning, like, they don't have any contact, and that's, a like, pretty much a done deal. Yeah. Um, she, you know, she had some issues and things going on in the background that was not shown on the show. So, um, I mean, not to get into all of that, mm -hmm. but, you know... Like I said, she's been pulling back the curtain more and being more open and honest about what was really going on, at least in regards to her behind the scenes of the Chrisleys mm -hmm. and not pretending that it was perfect all the time, every episode, mm -hmm. every day. So um, I do appreciate like that point of view. And at yeah. least seeing, besides Lindsay, Lindsay was always mm -hmm. kind of honest from day one and just kind of straight up with it. But I do appreciate like the honesty at this point. I just wish that that would come from Julian Todd as well. Like, what do you have to lose at this point? Like, mm -hmm. what what's it going to hurt? Right. And if all of this is alleged and it's not true, okay, then it's not true. But some of it has to be true, mm -hmm. right? Like, they have to have evidence I mean, it's the somewhere. federal government. Yeah, they're not just like, hey, we're going to pick out the Chrisleys today. Like, uh, with Teresa Judice and stuff, you know, they have legal issues, too, with the feds. Yeah. Um, and she went to jail. And but, but what I respect about Teresa is that she owned up to it, and mm -hmm. she said, I don't know what I was signing. Mm -hmm. I was signing whatever my husband put in fr front of me. And that is my mistake. Mm -hmm. I should have done my due diligence and research that. 
And she owned it, and she went, she did her time, and she came home. And paid restitution. Yeah, and she paid it back, and look at her now. Still thriving. Yeah. Still a businesswoman, a successful businesswoman. But they haven't come out and said anything, you know? I feel like more people would be sympathetic to them. And I feel like a lot of people actually are. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like going over social media, reading people's comments, a lot of people don't want them to go to jail. I personally don't believe that they're going to jail, even though I know they're supposed to go to jail in January. I will not believe it till I physically see Todd and Julie like walking into yeah the federal prison because I just can't imagine them in there. I feel like Todd for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're spending a million dollars in a year on clothes and Botox uh-huh. and shoes. There's no way you're gonna make it for nine years or whatever it is in a federal prison. I mean, not that I think that he's gonna be doing like hard labor. I mean, I'm sure right. he'll probably be like in a Martha Stewart type prison. But I just don't see it happening. I don't. Yeah. I I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) But I will say, like, these judges, they are hard on these reality stars who commit bank fraud, who lie on bank loans. They don't play these games with these guys. $30 million is what they were accused of. Yeah, I mean, look at, um, what is his name? Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore. I yeah. mean, he went to prison yeah. for not paying his taxes. I mean, the Chrisleys supposedly or allegedly have been cleared of that because the tax person came back and said that, oh, I'm sorry, they did pay their taxes. They were on this other form, and I misspoke or whatever. So that I think they've been cleared on that, but... The bank fraud and stuff, mm-hmm. allegedly. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. But I think they'll be at a very nice country club type of prison. Mm-hmm. They just won't be free and won't be able to do the things that they do now. Do you think they're going to do the whole time? Like, I don't see no. her doing nine years. No. I don't see her doing. No. no. I don't. I mean, this is my thing, okay? I don't believe and I don't agree that people who commit tax fraud or stuff like that should have to go to prison mm-hmm. because we have rapists and murderers in these who streets need to be there. Exactly. who should be in prison. Our taxpayers shouldn't go towards someone who lied to live a luxurious life and now he's in prison and now we have to pay taxes on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we shouldn't have to do that. They should, however, have to pay all of that money back. Yes. And interest on that money. I agree. I agree 100%. I feel like our tax dollars could be better used for, like, quote-unquote, real criminals yeah. that are actual danger to society. Yeah. Not the Chrisleys who, <laughs> who embarrassed you in these banks because they got away with Exactly. You. That's really what it boils down to, I feel like, is that, um, you know, some egos probably were bruised and some... Some banks were like, oh, crap, you know, we mm-hmm. let all this go through and we're, you know, we're supposed to be on top of this stuff. But, um, and then I feel like, you know, I feel like they pick and choose what celebrities they go after. Oh, yeah. I feel like the higher profile celebrity, the big, and the, the bigger it can be in the news, um, the more likely they are to go about them. And I feel like, you know, the Chrisleys were an easy target. They were very flashy about having all the things. Um, just like Teresa, you know, um, Judice from Housewives of New Jersey. Like, you're spending all this cash on TV, and it's going to cause mm-hmm. questions. It's going to raise some flags. And they're going to be like, well, where are you getting this money? Because we don't ever see you work. Yeah. So, I agree. Going on? I agree. I'm there <laughs> with you on that one. I am definitely going to be following this just so I can see... Is he actually going to serve time? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to be keeping up with it because I just feel like I'm not going to believe it until I see him going in. But January, I will be tuning in because that's when they're supposed to go in. So mm-hmm. I will be trying to keep up. And I guess we will follow up at that time on them and let you guys know. Like, Yeah, but I just, <laughs> just to close their tea out. <laughs> Julie is the epitome of that's my man and mm-hmm. I'm going to stick beside him. Ride or die. That's what she is. <laughs> she definitely going to stick beside him. Or at least All that's the way what she's big house. Yes. That is definitely what she is portraying. So we shall see. Yes. So in other celebrity, 
Um, what are we feeling about the Balenciaga like situation? Um, I feel like we're kind of just touch quick base, like quickly on it. Just, um, I, first of all, I can't even imagine who thought it was okay to release these photos with children with these teddy bears and their BDSM attire and who was like, Oh yeah, that's great. That's a great campaign. Let's put that out there. <laughs> They're yeah. going to want to really buy this, guys. Like, what, like... Yeah, so I read a little, and apparently it went through, like, five different channels. Which is insane. Allegedly. <laughs> and um, still got approved. Now, some of the conspiracy theories about, like, certain numbers in the background, I'm a little confused on how some of that correlates. Mm -hmm. I... I haven't done enough research, and honestly, I didn't even know about the photos until maybe five days after the fact. Mm -hmm. So, but it was a terrible, terrible, terrible campaign, but it is not surprising in fashion and in the Hollywood At circle yeah. that things like that are occurring or have occurred or that they think that that's okay mm -hmm. because we see with so many celebrities especially like mega celebrities that they are very tone deaf yes and they are not in tuned with the everyday uh karen and kevin scenarios and they probably really thought it was okay and it was next level fashion. <laughs> but in reality, it's not. It's disgusting it's and disturbing. it is very disturbing. I feel like um, definitely um, those five levels allegedly that I passed through, I'm like, do any of you have children? Like none of you thought like, hey, maybe this is like yeah. pushing the limit. Maybe we should like think of something else to dress these teddy bears in or something or another way to display the fashions that we're trying to show. Um, I do think that it's very odd that so many celebrities are being quiet about it. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like nobody really wants to rock the boat or mess up their chance for um, any type of sponsorship or any kind of engagement that could possibly make them money or cause them to lose money mm -hmm. by voicing their opinion one way or the other with Balenciaga. Um, I do think that, you know, um, that speaks volumes about their hold over celebrities, I guess you would say, if nobody is really willing to speak up against something that's so blatantly and obviously inappropriate mm -hmm. and especially involving children. Yeah. Um, especially for that industry where they, you know, how long ago was it that the, you know, the smaller, the thinner, the skinnier, the younger you looked, mm -hmm. even more childlike you looked, then you were a top model. And, you know, obviously things have changed with the whole like body positivity movement. Things right. Like that. But you would think that more would speak up against it. Yeah, especially the ones who have children and have daughters. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. so we won't bring a certain celebrity name up because she <laughs> does sue absolutely everyone who pretty much discusses her. But I will say her name sounds like Tim and in her last name sounds very <laughs> dashing I'll say that <laughs> um, she took forever to make a response and that's because she has all of these endorsement deals with Tons. them and I'm like Girl, you have five kids you have five children you have daughters Four you kids, have nieces <laughs> yeah maybe four who knows but it it just gives a narrative of you're complacent mm -hmm. with things like that happening. When it benefits you. Yes. Uh-huh. Very much so. So, I, yeah. To me, I'm like, you can't be speaking up for social injustice in one breath and then not speaking at all when it's something like this happens. I, it, it makes it hard to believe you when you're trying to be an advocate for... Yes. People that are wrongly imprisoned and things like that, but then you don't speak up on I something agree. that's 
you know, this obvious mm-hmm. about a situation involving children and you're a mom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Just kind of moved down on my celebrity faves list because of that. I feel like it's made me kind of look at her a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. And then, you know, there are a couple other celebrities that kind of just like, oh, yeah, the ad wasn't okay, but, you know, you live and you learn. Mm-hmm. You don't live and learn at the expense of innocent children. No. That is just not something that you can just bypass. So. No, definitely not. But I do think that they've already pushed it under the rug, so we probably won't hear anything else about it. Yeah, um, I agree. I think what's going to happen, we're not going to see a lot from them, mm-hmm. you know, and over the next couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Fashion Week and spring comes, they'll I'm pretty sure again. they'll be <laughs> back again and celebrities will be rocking their items. I still don't even understand the appeal of their items because I feel like their whole gimmick is let's make it as ridiculous and as ugly as possible but we're going to slap an expensive price tag on it and maybe our brand just to get people to buy it because they want to say they have this or they have this from our brand not because yeah i didn't even know when when they came out when did they even like i don't ever remember hearing about them for pretty much my entire life i really feel like we only really started hearing about them once um she who shall not be named started wearing them all the time yeah and ads um prior to her divorce and Mm -hmm. things, I feel like that's probably when we started hearing about them a lot. Um, Prior to that, didn't hear that much about them. Yeah. I do think it's um, odd. Maybe they want to go back under the radar for a while, the way they were before, and then... And then get some (laughs) rising celebrity to put them back on the map. Yeah. 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 I don't know. And it'll probably be her. Who knows? (laughs) It probably would. You For know, the right she, dollar amount, maybe. She's, a, she's about them coins. Yes, she is. Speaking of her being about them coins, did you happen to see that um, her ex has been slapped with a $200,000 a month child support payment? Um, I did see that. And I want to say, like, I'm not surprised. But at the same time, like, if they're supposed to be having joint custody um they're both millionaires i don't really feel like it's needed or necessary yeah um or she's a billionaire or whatever Mm -hmm. i feel like um she kind of just played the game you know that Uh some women play when they're having multiple children Mm -hmm. or any child at all whatsoever with Mm -hmm. somebody who's that wealthy um, I just kind of feel like it's uncalled for. You know, you take yeah. care of the kids when they're with you. Mm-hmm. I take care of them with they're with me. We yeah. both can afford to keep them in the same lifestyle. So I really don't feel like a child support order was necessary. They could have figured out, like, who pays for school or who pays for this or whatever. Or really, they have four children. You pay for half, I pay for the other half, mm-hmm. whatever, for school and things like that or security. Right. And kept it really simple. I feel like she did that for the wow effect for yes. a headline. Yeah. I definitely agree that she did that for a while effect because there's no reason that he should have to pay anything. Right. When Safari is out here paying zero dollars on his two children. Not Safari. Child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on his two children. But the other one doesn't. He's having to pay $200,000. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Like, she acts like he's not going to take care of his children. Right. And we all see that he's very into his kids. No yeah. matter what else he might do, whether we agree with it or not, he's always about his kids. Yeah. He loves those um, kids. I don't imagine that changing. I know people talk a lot about, you know, his mental health and things like that and make comments. I feel like his position as a dad has never changed, mm-hmm. no matter what's happening. So I feel like, again, it's just a headline and uh, let me be in the news one more time. And yeah. Poor me, poor me, like, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and I just don't buy into it. And I yeah. feel like um, that's happening a lot more with their family. I'm starting to not buy into a lot of what we are being fed through yeah. social media. Yeah, I think we're, people we're are definitely being fed a lot. And mm-hmm. one thing about him that I admire and I respect is he feels strongly about the protection of his black children mm-hmm. in America. And whether she wants to admit that or not, at the end of the day, the world sees her children as black children yes. in America. Yeah. 
and he only wants to protect them and she doesn't allow him to do that in the way that he should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that, you know, again, she's just all about likes and having mm-hmm. the audience. So I do yeah. think she allows her oldest child, I'm not going to name any names, her oldest child to, yeah. uh, you know, be more prevalent on social media than she probably should be at that age to mm-hmm. millions of people. It'd be one thing if it's like your family and you're not mm-hmm. a major celebrity. There's literally millions of people following everything on TikTok and on Instagram, watching your child do all these things. And, of course, you think you like it because, you know, it's making you that much more popular. But I really feel like it's kind of inappropriate for her age at yeah, this time. I agree. It definitely is inappropriate. And I totally agreed with him when he respectfully asked her, allegedly, to <laughs> not allow her to be on social media in mm-hmm. that matter. But, you know, some women, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you have. A bitter baby mama is a bitter bitter baby baby mama. mama. (laughs) You know, like, it is what it is. Yeah. No matter your tax bracket, they come in all all shapes, all sizes, all tax brackets. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. So Yeah. And it doesn't matter that she asked to leave. She's still bitter. (laughs) I don't care what anybody says. Yes. So that two hundred thousand dollars says that. Yeah. She doesn't need it. Yeah. But um so the other hot topic that we've seen over the past couple weeks is Brittany Griner and her um negotiations and ultimately her release back to the US from Russia. Um it came out that they did, you know, the US did go ahead and trade her for the arm that Russian arms dealer, mm-hmm. um, Victor Bout, which I don't get me wrong, I'm very glad that she's home. I'm glad that she's back in the US. I feel like she shouldn't have been held in the first place or convicted. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like Americans kind of get um, ahead of themselves and they're traveling to other countries and they just assume that everything we do here is okay everywhere else. And maybe it was an honest mistake what she had on her. Who knows, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fact that she's played over there multiple times, I believe. Um, you would think that she would be aware of how they are. Right. Um, but I don't necessarily agree that we should have traded an arms dealer for her. I feel like politically, and I don't really like do a whole lot of politics speaking, but I feel like that was just not very smart on the part of the U.S. to trade a notorious arms dealer for a basketball player like on even when you say that or even when it's on paper to me it just doesn't make sense like someone who's dangerous and dangerous to us in other countries mm-hmm. to trade them for her you know what i mean because she's a yeah. celebrity essentially that essentially that's all she's, she is is a celebrity right um there's not really a benefit to our government or our country as a whole by um <clears throat> trade you know trading her for someone like that right um i do know that a lot of people had comments um about the fact that she was brought home and not the other u.s soldier um that's still being held over there and has been held for a while over there so i do know that's pretty controversial with a lot of people Mm -hmm. um i think there's like some other extenuating circumstances that i've just kind of been reading about involving that other u.s soldier um where he's maybe not as uh, how do you say, um, above board to make it seem like he's this great person, oh, like he's being portrayed to be. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to say allegedly because, I, again, we don't want to get sued, but there's just things that I've read that, you know, he was, you know, possibly a traitor and all of these other things oh, going on. Okay. So that's okay. maybe why he wasn't brought back because he, you know, has tried to, you know, have multiple identities being, you know, undercover and a traitor allegedly with other countries and things like that so oh yeah then he, going he should on. just stay where he is yeah so <laughs> i'm like when i when you start learning that stuff and there's more to it than oh she's being brought home and not a soldier you uh-huh. know which is it's like do your research yeah yeah it's a headline grab and i get that you know everybody wants to make money on the story or whatever right. and have that social media engagement but um and i don't even like i said i'm not claiming to know all the details about him but just learning those little extra bits changes your perspective for sure yeah but i think either way we're of course glad that she's home i just feel like maybe 
some different negotiations may have needed been needed or something else than just to strip you know what I mean yeah yeah I agree they probably should have did some better negotiations <laughs> but you know we are happy she's home yes. because at the end of the day it was just a vape pen it wasn't like she's like out here with slanging kilos. kilos or something like that she really just had a vape pen you know but they're always going to be out for Americans at yes. the end of the day. Especially and that you, country. Yes. And so you just have to be on your toes when you're visiting Super countries. And, and you should really read up on laws and and things like that. I mean, I remember when I went to Dubai, I was terrified. <laughs> I would break a rule Mm -hmm. or law and i'd be stuck especially there yeah in prison yeah in a country like that and i'm just a little video american over here (laughs) nobody would negotiate for me to come back (laughs) they'll be over there right now girl i would still be in those prisons so i did my research before i went to those to that country specifically to make sure that I respected their laws, I respected their culture, and I came home safely. So, and I, you did. You made it back safely. And I made it back. And you I didn't have to contact any American embassies or anything to get you back here. You made it. I did make it. Because so. you respected their rules and their yes. culture. And I feel like, and I'm just saying in general, I'm not singling out anybody, but I feel like in general, Americans as a whole just feel like, we can do whatever. We're we, very arrogant. Yes. We're and we very feel arrogant. like everyone else should be doing what we're doing or we do it the best and our way is the best way. And I hate to say it, America is very new compared to other countries around the world. Yeah. So as I'm not saying I'm anti-American, of course. And I, you know, I'm not saying we're not the best. But what I am saying is that when you are going to other places, like you said, do your research, do your homework, ask the questions. Talk yeah. to your embassy that's over there uh-huh. and find out what you can and can't do. And then be respectful of the culture because ultimately you're going to these other places to experience the culture, experience the environment, the yes. foods, whatever. Yes. If you wanted everywhere to be like America, then why are you leaving? Why yeah. are you traveling to yes. any of these other places if mm-hmm. you want it to be just like it is here? Yeah, because they will be the first ones to scream, oh, this is America. When you come here, you need to respect us. So, it just needs to be vice versa, too. I think so, too. Good for her. I'm glad she's home. I know she's probably going to need a lot of therapy after this because Lord knows what they exposed her to. Um, So, yeah. But uh, let's talk about our next topic, which is not celebrity tea, but it's about teenagers. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The grunting is real. (laughs) So, I have been experiencing a lot of comparison between my teenager and the teenager that I was. And to be 17 in a society that has social media on every different type of platform. So, we have... Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just to name a few. I mean, there's so <laughs> many other ones, right? Ones that I don't even know that we don't know. So. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I was a teenager in like the late 90s, early 2000s, I mean, we were just getting like AOL and you had like the chat rooms yes. and stuff like that. Those screen names. But, <laughs> girl, those screen names. <laughs> let me tell those you. Those screen names. Stop it. But we also went out with our friends. Mm-hmm. Yes, we wanted to be connected with our friends. But we didn't have to know what they were doing 24-7. Yes. So, of course, you know, when we got our cell phones, you know, of course, the thing was to be on them. You're texting and actual real texting and touching three, three times to get whatever letter, <laughs> whatever it was. Um, you know, we were, I mean, I slept with my phone. I'm not going to say I didn't want to be like knowing what my friends are doing or they're, you know, texting me. But it wasn't like a 24-7 thing. It wasn't like, um, you know, having anxiety over not having mm-hmm. your phone or being grounded from it and things like that. It was like. We were actually going out and 
having real life experiences with our friends and yes. going out and doing things, not relying on social media to be in contact with everybody um, or experience through, you know, their experiences mm-hmm. through social media and things like that. So, and I mean, I was a teenager around the same time, like the late nineties, early two thousand. I graduated in 2003 and you know, the height of the Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Nokias that live forever. Batteries lasted forever. You didn't have to charge it every day. And you only had the one game. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I was hooked to my phone and I mean, I, especially with my Nokias, I would match my light kits on my phone to my outfits and everything. Like I was that kind of girl. And I remember getting, like, grounded by my parents. I don't even remember what it was. for. Probably curfew because I was always late for curfew. <laughs> and I always had some excuse to be late. But my mom was like, okay, so you're not going to have your phone for a week. It's going to be in my room. And I was like, okay, whatever, you know. Girl. I died. Listen, I was army crawling into my parents' room at night while they were asleep to get to my phone to check my messages, text my boyfriend back at the time or whatever I needed to do. And trying to, like, hide the light under my chest while I'm laying flat on my stomach on the ground in their room so it wouldn't wake them up. And then army crawling back out of there. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't catch me and they never caught me. But I was like, I mean, that was probably as addicted as I ever got to it. Like, once it was like, you know, it was like no big deal. It's not that big of a deal as it is now for sure. We didn't have all the apps. We didn't have all of the... I'm here, I'm at, you know, whatever restaurant and doing this and eating that with so-and-so, that FOMO that our teens have of missing out if they're not yes. with everything or seeing everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, We didn't have that back then. We didn't. And I think what, what makes the situation a double-edged sword <laughs> is, yes, you want your kids to see what the world what's happening in the world and what their friends might be experiencing but it does create a false narrative mm-hmm. of everything that glitter is gold on social media chrisley's <laughs> yeah the chrisley's um and it creates a sense of insecurity and anxiety that we weren't exposed to. Absolutely, because, you know, they see, oh, well, so-and-so has this, or so-and-so just got the new iPhone, mm-hmm. or so-and-so has these new shoes. Yeah. Um, so-and-so is spending this, or their room looks like this. It's mm-hmm. something always in their face that they might not be experiencing or having right in that moment. So then it's, well, I need to get this, or I need to get the next biggest mm-hmm. thing, or I need to have... Yeah. So it's constantly a battle within themselves with their parents who they want to provide those things. Right. Um, So I feel like it causes unnecessary, like you said, anxiety, sometimes depression. And I feel like a lot of um, the reason why so many more teenagers supposedly have depression now is because of social media. They, Mm -hmm. they, they feel like they're missing out. They don't have the, as much as the next person or they aren't doing the cool thing right now or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I think that plays a huge part of it because I feel like if they weren't able to constantly see that 24-7, they would be out living their life instead of feeling like they're missing out. I agree. And I think, you know, the topic of depression in teenagers is that we see that that is the highest that it has been mm-hmm. in a, an entire generation. Yeah. Is that the Gen Z Zers are battling depression um, more than yeah. us, the millennials, yeah. or, you know, before us. And I think, too, you know, I, I've seen it with my own, is that he, before he was on social media... He was oblivious, mm-hmm. oblivious to what other children were doing mm-hmm. or what other parents were doing for their those children. Yeah. You know, we lived in a small town, so when he got on social media, not only did his friends begin to follow him and he followed his friends, but those parents began to follow him mm-hmm. and he followed the parents. So he would see these parents... And there's a couple particular moms in this situation. They would post and make these elaborate birthday posts Mm -hmm. about other children that were in the same friend group. 
but they never would make those posts about Devin. Right. They never would give him a shout out on his birthday. Mm-hmm. And what do you think that did to him? It's going to bother him. He's a kid. It's going to bother yeah. him. It's gonna he's going to think that he's not good enough to be included in that group. And he's going to feel like he has been judged or ostracized mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And that went on for many, many years. And it got to the point one day I'm just like, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Your your mother right here makes the biggest deal about your birthday. Right. Exactly. Your family that loves you makes the biggest deal about your birthday. The people that are in your life constantly <clears throat> on a daily basis and who love you no matter what are making the biggest deal. Exactly. You are the biggest <clears throat> deal to them. Exactly. And I think that's where, you know, <clears throat> he has uh, found... Um, I don't want to say depression, but I do feel like he does battle with, uh, some mental health stuff and it's just a, it's, it's a constant struggle to be a mother and watch your child battle with mental health. Absolutely. Um, but what I admire about Devin is that he is forthcoming in those struggles and that he, when he feels like he needs to refresh in therapy, mm-hmm. he'll tell me, hey, I need to see my therapist. You got a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, where it took me getting into my mid-30s to be like, dang, I really should see a therapist. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So that is one thing about that generation that I do admire. They own that it. They own it. And they're like, okay, yeah, it's cool to see a therapist. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's cool to talk about your feelings. Yeah, there's no stigma associated with seeing a therapist. So, um, I mean, we've had our own personal experience with it, with, you know, Zaina. And she did go through, like, maybe a few summers ago, a depression-type period. Um, It was definitely very much related to social media. It was related to, you know, comments and things on social media um in particular one situation was involving a boy who you know they initially had dated or talked or whatever they call it at that time and then you know a lot of like messaging and gaslighting and then you know seeing those types of things um and then when you're you know, we're blocking him on on all of his social media and he would create new accounts and things oh, like my that word. um it just got to be to a level where Mike was willing to be like, hey, uh, I'm going to make a trip to your parents' house because this is enough, you know? Right. But it got to her in such a way because Zayn is very sensitive. She's very um, an emotional type person. She takes on a lot emotionally as a kid she always has. Um, and so when it got to a point where she just was in a space where she could not really um, function... And, you know, you notice you're, something's wrong with your kid, but you don't always know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And Zayn is the kind of kid who's always very bubbly, very happy. Um, you, we, we had no clue until we started having her go to therapy that it was bothering her to the extent that it did and that she was suffering so badly at that time. And as a mom, that makes you feel horrible to know, like, you think you're doing everything for your kid. Right. And then you take them to a therapist and then these things come out that you had no clue that she was feeling or experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of, you know, it kind of makes you feel like you're maybe um, not parenting as well as you thought you were. Yes. Like, to miss some yeah. important things like that. But then, you know, with speaking with her therapist and things, you know, you're. it's not that you're not a good parent. Kids are very good at hiding their feelings. Yeah. Um, especially kids who don't like to really openly talk about their feelings. Um, it's, you know, it's not any, it's not a reflection on your parenting necessarily. Um, I think what is a reflection on her parenting is how we handled it once we knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, getting her into therapy and all of those things, it really helped a lot. Um, re, like, um, I don't want to say like removing social media, but we did limit her social media for a long time. And you know that like we yeah limited it for quite a while to get things under control. And so once it was limited where she couldn't be on it 24 seven. Um, then she spent her time doing other things that she really loved doing. And so we were, you know, at the suggestion of therapists, like getting her outside for a certain amount of time a day because they're like, she needs to be in sunlight because that affects your mood and things like that. And I feel like that's another thing, you know, teenagers miss is they're inside a lot more than we were as kids. We were outside 
from the, the time, time we were able to be outside until it was dark yeah, and we had to all come the time. in. Uh, we, were, we were never like made to go outside. That's yeah. where we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And now it's the opposite. You have to make your kids go outside and play because yeah. they want to be inside on their electronics and doing whatever. And so just making those kinds of changes um, really helped her come out of that. And she's been thriving ever since. You know, she has her days or a couple days where, you know, she does feel, you know, down again. Yeah. Or she'll, like, she'll tell me, Mom, I don't feel, you know, I I need to, <clears throat> like, space or I need mm-hmm. to kind of chill out or, you know. Um, you know what signs to look for once you've been clued into what yeah. your kid was going through. And so she does still have some of those days, but not nearly like what it was initially. And now we know how to... Um, be a bit more proactive or preventative in those situations when we see that change coming right. out in her. Right. Um, but we do still implement the going outside, going for a walk. You know, she goes mm-hmm. out with her siblings, like get some fresh air. Don't just be cooped in your room and on your phone or mm-hmm. on your laptop because if if we take her phone, then guess what? She's on her laptop and she's talking to her friends mm-hmm. on some sort of app or something. They that are I've going never to find of. a way. Everything, if it's not that, then she's going to be on her Xbox, like, talking to her friends and playing games or something. They yeah. do find a way, yeah. and there's so many ways for them to do it. There's so many yeah. more um, avenues they have than what mm-hmm. we had. It was like, you have your cell phone or you have the house phone. You might yeah. have... Um, That's it. AOL Messenger. Um, you might have but something you, like that. But, girl, but, you couldn't get away with AOL because it goes... <laughs> dee, 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 dee. <laughs> Nobody could be on the house phone while we're logging on to the internet. So, AOL was out of the question if you were trying to be sneaky. That is true. I mean, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. Yeah. So, it's different. And I feel like um, sometimes when people are like complaining about teenagers and things like that nowadays, I feel like that's not really factored into the equation as much. The fact that um, they just have so much more... Um, nowadays that's in their face constantly um, showing them that maybe they're not good enough or maybe they don't have mm-hmm. enough or this, that, and the other. And we didn't have that. So I feel yeah. like that's not really factored when people are talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like they have, uh, we all had pressure. Yeah, and, of and, course. And that'll always happen. But I do feel like they have a lot more pressure. Um you know, I saw it firsthand with Devin when it came to sports because he was playing football. He felt the need, you know, to be on Twitter. He had no desire to ever be on Twitter. And then he got a Twitter, and it was only for college recruiting for football. Mm-hmm. And then he saw all these other athletes, like, getting, like, these big-time colleges, like, reaching out to them on Twitter and stuff. And he wasn't necessarily getting that, but mm-hmm. he didn't understand that it takes time sometimes in those situations. But their generation of instant gratification is insane. And it has played havoc on their psyche. And hopefully we will find a balance at some point, but I feel like it's only going to continue. And so, I think, you know, from you and I as just moms, we just want our listeners who are moms to just pay attention and watch your children. Yeah. You know, and make them get off their phones from time to time. It's not going to hurt them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I always love moms um, that are like, you can hang your phone over at 10 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. and go to bed. Go get some rest. Yeah. They they don't realize that at 16, 17, even 15, they still need more than eight hours of sleep. Absolutely. Their brains are still developing. They need at least 10 to 12 hours of sleep at night. Definitely. And I feel like um, we have those kind of rules in our household. Um, I didn't initially kind of have those rules when we first gave our cell phones and stuff like that and then um you know with Mike we collaborated and they have rules like Grayson and Brooklyn they have to turn their phones in by like 8 30 9 o'clock if it's during the week you know it's really your I mean Brooklyn has her phone for school Grayson doesn't take his phone to school but you know Zayna does of course and then, you know, Zayna's got to have her phone turned in, I think, at, like, 10.30 or 11 during the weekend, mm-hmm. at midnight on the weekends, because 
you really there's nothing really you should be doing on it anyways after midnight on the weekend. Yeah. I don't care if you're seventeen. Yeah. Um, I feel like the the unmonitored phones is where like a lot of things happen, and so initially we had it where it wasn't really monitored per se, like where you have to turn in at a certain time, and so that's when I feel like the ball kind of dropped that led to her mm-hmm. having those um, issues that we had talked about before. And then it kind of toned it down once we started implementing those rules. Like, yeah, you need to have a time. I feel like it's good for them to have a set time to turn it in because they need that time to allow their brains to turn off, mm-hmm. to be able to relax, to sleep well, yeah. um, and kind of just unplug for a little bit. Yeah. I was watching this interview with Michelle Obama and she was telling, I think it was Kelly Rowland who asked her, why Why do you feel it's okay not to be your friend's, your kid's friend? Mm-hmm. And the comment she made was she said, as a parent, it is our job to make our children do things that they don't want to do. To Absolutely. make them feel uncomfortable in a safe environment. Yes. Because when they get to be a certain age, the world is going to make them uncomfortable, but it is not going to be a safe environment. Exactly. And so when I talk to Devin all the time, I'm like, this is my job. It is my job to provide structure, rules, mm-hmm. and discipline to you. Absolutely. Now you break every single rule I ever <laughs> set before you, but that's my job. I'm right. supposed to do that. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm your parent, mm-hmm. you know? And I never thought what I never thought about it the way that she said that making them uncomfortable in the safe environment, this is a place where they can express themselves freely, mm-hmm. respectfully, but freely. Because when you get there and you, you know, break the law... The, no. <laughs> the police don't give a shit. No. They're like, get your ass you. in the back of this car. <laughs> Here your Miranda writes, have a nice night. And that's it. So. I mean, I agree. I, I tell my kids all the time, like, I love you. I love you very much. But I am your parent first and foremost. And, I mean, I do have a friendship with my children. But they know I also don't play that. Like, there are rules. There are things that you have to do as a child and that, that I'm teaching you how to be a responsible, productive adult. Mm-hmm. It's not just these rules for no reason. I'm teaching you so that when I'm not around or you're on your own, you can function without me having to hold your hand all the time. Right. And, you know, I feel like I do that in a way that, you know, initially it's pretty cushiony for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very protective over my kids. Um, you know, we all are. But I do feel like, you know, I do want them to be prepared to be in the real world where I'm not with them. Yeah. I don't want it to come as a surprise. And I feel like for me, um, my parents kind of kept me like a little bit in a gilded cage sort of so that I wasn't as prepared as an adult as I should have been. Like I had no idea about paying bills or anything like that, mm-hmm. you know. So I want them to learn those real day-to-day things that especially that I didn't know until I was already moved out. Um, because my parents did everything for me, you know? Right. Um, I, I don't want them to have that experience and then you're having to learn from your friends or as you're going through it, mm-hmm. I want them to have those skills, um, before they get to that point. Yeah. And I want them to be the best they can be as an adult. I don't want it to raise them to be little assholes out here torturing people. Correct. Um, or <laughs> having to like move back home because they can't function without me, you know, when they're 35, 40 years old. Yeah. Um, so I always tell them like I love the I love them and I'm a hundred percent supportive of them. But here are the rules and the guidelines that you will follow until yeah. you're on your own. And, I agree. And it's for a reason. It's not to annoy you or whatever it is they think that we're doing. It's for a reason and it's for your betterment. You know. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. There is definitely a, a balance. I mean, I was raised very strictly, <laughs> and so I became very sneaky mm-hmm. in the things that I did, and yes. so I didn't want that for my son. You know, <laughs> I wanted him to have some leniency uh-huh. and be able to always communicate with me. Unfortunately, he communi- overly communicates with me about <laughs> some things, and some things I'm like, son. 
can you keep that part to yourself? <laughs> I didn't need to know I all of that. I didn't need to know that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it is definitely a fine balance. But I think definitely. that generation is definitely resilient. Very. And I think they could do great things if they got off social media. <laughs> Put the phone <laughs> Because <down. laughs> all of the things they, they're doing now are going to come and haunt them mm-hmm. when they're running for president or Congress or senators. Yes, so thank goodness we didn't have it when we were in high school like they do because Lord knows I don't want anyone much less my parents or anybody to know all of the things that we did back then. But I mean, I yeah. agree. Like I also want to maintain that balance. Like I, you know, my mom was super strict. My dad was not. Yeah. But of course, you know, my mom was the one majority of the time who was in charge of us because my dad was working. So I tried to be, like you said, lenient in a lot of ways um, with Zena, but also like, you know, don't do anything stupid. Don't think anything stupid. Put yourself in a stupid situation where I have to get stupid with anybody else either. Yeah. You know, on your behalf. So I try to, you know, make sure she knows that. And so far it hasn't been too crazy, but we have had our moments, which we have talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, She has pushed the limit a few times. Not too bad, but definitely made me like, you know, lost your freaking mind. Like, like <laughs> a couple of times. But, you know, yeah. I expect them to try it. I expect them to try it. Yeah. I mean, we tried things when we were teenagers that we knew good and well we shouldn't be doing. Um, just to try and have the experience. Not necessarily maybe even because mm-hmm. we wanted to be doing it. But um, I think it's unrealistic to think they won't try to push any boundaries or test the limits. I don't yeah. Know. Especially because they will. They will. I mean, it's a natural part of... Especially if you have Growing kids like up. our kids there. We're strong-willed, very determined <laughs> moms. So imagine like a miniature version or, well, not many anymore because they're taller than us. But uh, another version of you yeah, who is just as strong-willed, uh-huh. just as determined, and ha- quite frankly has more avenues to use to do yeah, all the exactly. things than what we had. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's a bit crazier for sure. But it's not unexpected. No, it's totally expected. And, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. They mm-hmm. know we love them. And they know that we're going to be right here to support them. And Every to step. help them mm-hmm. through the difficult situations. And um, and to celebrate the good ones. Yeah. Because there's good ones. There are a lot of good ones. Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank God for kids. <laughs> <laughs> we can't live with them, can't live without them. That's for sure. That's yes. the answer to the question. Yes. Uh, can't live with teenagers that definitely can't live without them. Yeah, it is a struggle living with them for sure. But so this is uh, our last podcast of the year. Yes. And it's our second podcast. Woo-hoo. So we <laughs> we're getting this thing down. We are. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited too. Um we're not doing much for Christmas. We're just kind of hanging out, the three of us here, uh, and just kind of relaxing and resetting for the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're flying out to Chicago for our anniversary and New Year's to bring in New Year's in the city. So that that's exciting for Walter and myself. <laughs> and then what are y'all doing? So, Mike and I, we always um, keep it pretty low-key. We always do Christmas with my in-laws. So, um, that's more than likely our plan for this year. We kind of, you know, do a lot of Christmassy type things with my mother-in-law. She's very into the Christmas holiday. That's her thing. Yeah. Um, There's like 20 Christmas trees in our house right now. I love it. I love it, too. And the kids love it. They, let's go to Nana's, you know? So, um, we're going to be enjoying it with her. We're going to take a trip for a couple days up to... Windstar to do some fun Christmas type things with her in the next few days and then um, for the actual Christmas and New Year holiday Christmas we'll do with her New Year's will probably go to my grandparents house we like to do fireworks up there um, you know they're in the country so it's pretty much you can do whatever you want to do and the kids love doing fireworks and all of those fun things so we're going to spend time doing that and just a lot of good family time yeah just to kind of like regroup reset for the mm-hmm. new year and start fresh in january yeah yeah that's awesome i love when we can take time and just kind of just be who we are with our families mm-hmm. and not have to 
no be makeup. on the go, no makeup, <laughs> no nothing. Like just relax and reset. No glam. No glam. Yeah, sweatsuits. Yeah. I love it. It has <laughs> been a crazy, crazy 2022. Yes. A lot has happened this year. And it went by so quickly. It did go by very fast. There's a lot to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people to be grateful for. Yes. And so we want to wish you all a very happy holiday, whatever you celebrate with your family during this time. We just want to say soak it up because we are never guaranteed tomorrow and neither are loved ones. Um, We wish you all a very safe and happy new year. And here is to 2023. Cheers. Cheers. Clink, 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 clink. (laughs) (laughs) In our imaginary champagne. Um, And we will catch you guys on episode three after the new year. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye.